0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Beautiful book. Beautiful book very emotional. There's some twists. I can't recommend it enough. And so obviously to pair with that, we would pair a champagne.
1: I'm Delia Cologne, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the sunshine state. You're probably familiar with food and wine pairings, but how about book and wine pairings? Today we're kicking off Season 6, and just in time for beach season, we've got some recommended summer reads and what to drink as you get lost in a good book. For many of us, summer is reading season. Whether you're indulging in a beach read or delving into something meatier, maybe on a plane ride, a good book goes great with a good drink. So today, we'll hear from Tara Dunham, who owns Book & Bottle. It's a combination bookstore-wine bar in downtown St. Petersburg that opened in 2020. The shop's Readers & Drinkers Circle is a quarterly book and wine pairing subscription. How fun is that? The shop also sells coffee, beer, and snacks for the non-wine drinkers. I met up with Tara at Book & Bottle in St. Pete, where she discussed what makes for a good book and wine pairing and advice for fitting in more reading. We're sitting here on these nice chairs. There's a beautiful rug, there are bookshelves. What is the experience of coming to Book & Bottle?
0: You're so sweet. We really want to be hospitable as much as we can. So we tried to create a really welcoming environment that almost gives you the feel of your living room. In an ideal world, we'd have couches in here, but it's a very tiny little space. (laughs) Um, It used to be a shoe repair store. back in the day. So that was really cool. But think about how much room they need. And then we tried to convert that into a bookstore, a wine bar, a wine shop and everything. So tiny little space. One wall has bookshelves all along the wall. We're so fortunate to have these extremely tall ceilings that are just beautiful and make it feel more open. There's a bar on the other side where you can sit and have a bottle of wine with your friends or a glass if you prefer. And we've just tried to keep it really airy and fresh and light, you know, we're in Florida, everybody wants to be cool. So my favorite part is above us right now is a beautiful chandelier. And I'm a history buff and just love keeping things, you know, in the community. And a few years ago, Waters Jewelers on Beach Drive went out of business. I bought the chandelier because I was just completely enamored and obsessed with it, had no idea what I was going to do with it. And then when I opened book and bottle, I was like, this is perfect. It's St. Pete history. Just moving to a different part of St. Pete, so Waters Jewelers was one of the oldest businesses in St. Pete, and um, now part of their history is hanging here at Book and Bottle. I
1: love that. It's like the translucent teardrop chandelier with some—I don't know what you call that—like copper-colored. Yeah. Sort of. Looks like
0: a delicious layer cake.
1: Mmm. Now (laughs) that's all I can think about is cake. Maybe have some wine with that cake. Okay. So, Book and Bottle, how did you come up with this idea?
0: Well, I love books and I love wine. So people say if you're going to start your own business, which I wanted to do, you have to do something that you really love, so that it doesn't feel like work. So when when I kept going back to the things that I loved that I could turn into a business, books and wine kept popping up. At the time, I was living in Denver, Colorado, and there's a bookshop wine bar there called Book Bar, and it just kind of all like one day just clicked. My friends were joking with me like. You need to move back to St. Pete, you know, open a bookstore here. That'd be so fun. I immediately quit my job, sold my house. Within 3 months was living in St. Pete again, um, and trying to get book and bottle open. Whoa. So, yeah, real fast. Well, congratulations. Thank this you. is such a
1: beautiful <laughs> spot. It feels very St. Pete's. People are even walking by these big windows as we're sitting here chatting. Yeah. So, I can <laughs> tell everyone just loves it. Now, why do you think books and wine pair so well together?
0: So, there's a few reasons. For me, one of the reasons is because when I'm reading a book, I'm often drinking something. Right, like I'm—I love to like sit on my couch and either drink cup after cup after cup of coffee. We also have really really good coffee here. <laughs> if we were—if it was a day that we were open, you'd smell it just like the best smell in the world. But in the afternoon or evening, you know, you can't drink cup after cup after cup of coffee while you're reading for hours. And so I switched to wine and you know, you have a glass of wine while you're reading. It's a very natural activity pairing, I think. So that that's one part of it for me. Wine is very like emotive and there's like a time and a place. So people ask me all the time, like, what's your favorite wine? It's like, well, I don't know. What am I doing? What day is it? What's the weather like and who am I with? And then I can tell you. And so for me, it was kind of a fun idea to pair the wine with a book because you can kind of match that same energy and give you something to set the stage, right? Because if you're reading, you're you're probably at home or a coffee shop or something like that. But having a beverage like wine helps you, you know, integrate more into the experience of the story.
1: That's such a good point because book clubs will make a feast to go along with the book that they're reading. Yeah. Why not add a glass of wine?
0: Yeah. Well, and most book clubs end up adding a few glasses of wine. It's it's more like a wine
1: club that sometimes reads books. Exactly. That's what
0: I found from my experience for better or worse. But, um, I, I just love that. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as like this book takes place in this place. So we should eat and drink wine and food from that place. And that kind of helps. But then, you know, you know, we don't have any Florida wine. So if a book takes place in Florida, like, okay, you need to find a wine from somewhere else. So it can't be that it's from that place. So, what are the other things that make wine interesting or make wine cool? So, we've dug into things like who the winemaker is and what her story is and how that integrates with the characters in the book or sometimes the way a wine tastes. So, it might Feel like sometimes you taste a wine and you're like, oh, that just feels so moody and broody and dark and kind of gritty and like emotional. We had one pairing at the beginning of the store that people were so confused by, and I thought it was a really interesting one. It was this horror story, and we paired it with a rose, and people were like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it's a rose, that's not scary. And it was like, no, but you need something to like calm you down while you're reading this book. So just adding another layer of storytelling on top of that. You can, you can tell a story about anything.
1: I love thinking about it in that way. And when you finish a good book, you almost don't want to leave that world. So now every time you partake of that wine, it's like you're returning to that story. Oh,
0: I love, I actually had never thought about that, but I'm going to use that. You
1: can (laughs) feel free. That one's, that one's on me. Um, Have you ever
0: done that when you're finishing a book and you're like, I don't want this to end, so you read it really, yes. really, really slowly? Uh, every
1: yeah. Yes, every time. Yes. I'm reading a book of essays right now by Shauna Nequist called, I guess I haven't learned that yet. Oh. And I'm three quarters of the way done, and I'm slowing way
0: down. Yeah. Just like, i got to live in this world a little bit longer. Yeah. But that's so smart. If you were drinking wine with it, then when you drink that wine again in the future, it would emotionally transport you back to the, the experience of reading the book. Like on vacation. Cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It always yeah. tastes better when.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, here at Book and Bottle, who chooses the books and who chooses the wine?
0: It's definitely a communal effort. So, um, right now, Dominic is our book manager. So, he does all the book ordering, but he is, you know, we try and be very inclusive. So, we talk to the team, we talk to our customers, we get a lot of recommendations from people. I will sneak in and throw. The things, my, my favorite section is the self-help section and the cookbook section. So I will throw things that I want to buy <laughs> onto the order sometimes, but Dominic's largely in charge of the books. And then um, Heidi is our resident sommelier. And so between Heidi and I, we pick all the wine.
1: Now, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you pick the wine and then find a book that goes with it or the other way around?
0: Most of the time when I'm doing the pairings, I do end up picking the book first but it could, it could go either way.
1: Have you ever found a really great wine and you're like, I just have to find an excuse to put this on the shelf.
0: Oh yeah. That's why we started our wine club. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the wine club. Say more. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I have been pairing books and wine since before the store even opened. I started a blog just trying to like get people interested. And because that was my passion, I was like, this is kind of a fun way to like pass my time until the store opens. So I would write a blog post and like pick a bottle, pick a book, and write about why they paired together. And then it was super fun because when we opened, I was like, now I have physical products that I can sell that match my pairings. And we did that for a while. And then people were like, well, it takes us multiple bottles of wine to get through a book. <laughs> like we need more wine. And so um, Heidi kept encouraging us to start a wine club. And I was like, oh, there's so many wine clubs in the world. Why do we need another one? Why do we need another one? And then I realized we need another one because we have really good taste in wine. We, 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 we have a point of view about what wine is and what it should be, and people like that, and they resonate with the stuff that we have on the shelf. We, we try and be really inclusive with women winemakers, diverse winemakers, wine from regions that aren't always popular, wine that you're not going to find at other wine shops in town, wine that you're not going to find at Publix. You know, we really try and, and have a unique expression and keep the price down like you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars to get a really good interesting bottle that's going to move you and so thank you to Heidi for all the encouragement of of helping me realize that we we do have something unique to say our wine club has been just spectacularly successful and and very very fun so we pick wine for the shelf so just customers can come in and get their Tuesday night wine from us and you know buy it from our retail shelves we pick wine based on what we want to serve by the glass so in the summer it's a lot more refreshing in the quote-unquote winter in Florida (laughs) it's a little bit more cozy and warm Um, and then we also pick wine for our pairings and for the wine club so every wine here was selected for a different purpose (laughs) I
1: love it we're gonna need more wine that's a book I think yeah Gabrielle Union
0: oh yeah yeah great title yeah okay she's great with wine
1: Oh, fantastic. Let's get into some of your picks because you're great with wine too, I've heard. <laughs> so you have some books that you just pulled off the shelves and some bottles of wine. It's it's always beach read season in Florida, yes. is it not?
0: It is. But I think people really lean hard into that, like starting around spring break and then all through summer. You know, I think we all look, it's so hot. I think everybody slows down a little bit in summer, especially in Florida. And so one of the ways to slow down is by not giving yourself all of these challenges. So whereas in the winter or in the fall, you might have, you know, challenges to read classics or more books or, you know, whatever. In the summer, things are chill. They're easy. You are going to the beach, you're going on vacation, and you just want to kind of check out, go with the flow, take a break from work, in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So we have definitely noticed a spike in certain beach reads. So two of the biggest sellers right now in that genre at our store is, um, Colleen Hoover and Emily Henry disclaimer. That's not the genre that I read in the most. I like a good challenge all year round and the more obscure and, hard to understand it is, <laughs> the more fulfilled I feel oh. if I don't understand it. I don't know why I do this lowers Lower the bar, please, for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, well, it's just, you know, self-torture. So um, <laughs> that said, easy book. You know, if you're by the pool or by the, you know, at the beach, you want something that's going to be really refreshing to pair with that. So that's kind of like where I would pair based on mood. So one of our best-selling wines right now, again, for spring and summer, is a chocolate. So Chocoli is super fun. I think everybody would like it, but not everybody has had it or knows that they like it. It's spelled really interesting, T-X-A-K-O-L-I, and you pronounce it Chocoli. Is that, it almost sounds
1: like an Aztec word.
0: Yeah, it's actually Basque, so from um, northern Spain. So this brand that we're loving right now is called Champion, spelled with a T X champion chocolate, And it's just so good. So it's a really wonderful summer wine. It's very, very fresh in the bottle. So when you open it, you'll even get like a few little bubbles. It's not sparkling wine by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just that like really fresh. You can serve it really cold. It's great with seafood. It's high acid. It's minerally. It's very, very easy drinking this would go down very quickly. (laughs) So it might get you through, you know, a nice hour of reading at the beach. (laughs) What were the two authors you said that this might go well with? Um, So Colleen Hoover or Emily Henry. So Emily Henry's newest book is Book Lovers. She had another one last summer about vacation and one last year called Beach Read. Perfect. So all of her books are like very beach read. It's just like that feel good, relax don't think too hard, um, enjoy yourself kind of book. And the way we've been selling this chocolate, I think it's very similar.
1: You nailed it. <laughs> just
0: really, really good. And the one I was talking about is rosé, the one that's just flying off the shelf. But we liked it so much, we brought in the white version too. So we have white and rosé. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more – Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Of that chocolate.
1: Fabulous. (laughs) And what else do you have?
0: Okay, so I would be remiss if I didn't mention this book. So, The Winemaker's Wife by Kristen Harmel. She is just a dear and she's a Florida author. She is just amazing. She writes historical fiction, it's extremely readable. But I would say like a little bit more leaning on, so it's definitely commercial fiction, but leaning a little bit more literary. Her writing is very beautiful. She does a lot of research. She talks about some more like heavier topics that that are very thought-provoking. So this is a great book club book as well. It's called The Winemaker's Wife and it takes place in champagne. Mm. So champagne bubbles are like my favorite genre of wine, I would say. (laughs) There's never a time where I don't want Sparkling wine. But this is, takes place in the Champagne region of France, which is where Champagne is from, and is all about the history. And it's actually based on some real historical events about how the resistance was using um, these Champagne cellars and caves to hide Jews during the war. Ooh. So, really, really interesting, beautiful book, very emotional. There's some twists. I can't recommend it enough. And so, obviously, to pair with that, we would pair. A champagne. So on my shelf right now, my favorite little champagne that I've got is Champagne Boiselle. It's from Epernay, which is one of the two major towns in the Champagne region. And I was fortunate enough to visit this little champagne house and just had the nicest time with the girls who were running the tasting room and just, you know, I love good people. So they were really good people. They entertained me. It was a, a very cold, rainy day when I was there. So for me, that just sets the stage for the kind of sad backdrop of World War II um, and the Holocaust and but then having the brightness of a small group of people kind of help get you through.
1: Champagne Boiselle? How do you yes. spell that?
0: B-O-I-Z-E-L.
1: Okay. All right, you've given us some good one. I'm gonna have to add to my Goodreads list now. <laughs> How about one more?
0: Okay. Can I do two and just do it yes. really, really quickly? Oh, please. We can okay. do 20. I'm here for it. <laughs> so I would be remiss not to mention a cookbook on this podcast. So cook, I love food. I actually got into wine because of food, because I love to eat and I love to cook. And in my 20s, I realized that, gosh, it turns out if you have a glass of wine with your dinner, it makes your dinner even better. Um, and there's a whole art to pairing food and wine. I think most of your listeners you know, have probably dabbled in that a little bit, but that's really how I got in. So it was a Gewürztraminer paired with a pork loin that I roasted to try and impress my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and it really just like, I was outstanding, like, I was astounded at how good the pairing was. Thank you to my local wine shop for helping me um, learn that. And that's when I started going down the rabbit hole of wine. So the cookbook I picked today is Diana Henry, one of the goddesses of the cooking world. Her book, How to Eat a Peach, is just one of the most beautiful cookbooks I own. If you touch the cover, they oh, actually put touch. like a felt Here, let's liner on the on the cover. Yeah, ASMR. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Stay awake. Do not fall asleep. But the cover is fuzzy like a peach. It is it's genius. So I mean, it's just so it's just so beautiful, and it's all these menus that she's written, to kind of to throw parties or like get togethers, but there is all like a story behind it. So she's just a beautiful storyteller as well. And I love to challenge the status quo with wine a lot. So the recipe I've chosen to pair with a bottle is white peaches in chilled Moscato. Mm. So Moscato is one of those that you either love or you hate. Um, If you love it, good for you. You already love it. Um, Her recipe just basically says, put some peaches in a glass of Moscato and that's dessert and that sounds so delicious for summertime. Um, for those of you who don't like Moscato, it's a sweet wine. I think right now a lot of people have an aversion to sweet wine because they think it means cheap or not sophisticated. I'm here to try and challenge that. I didn't drink a lot of sweet wine either because I had that same conception. And then I had some people who were smarter than me in wine introduce me and say, no, there's a time and a place for everything. So personally, my I, I love Moscato D'asti. It's a sweet wine, has some effervescence to it. I would not drink this with a steak. I would not drink this necessarily in the afternoon. This is something I like to call breakfast wine. Ooh! It's a thing. We should all be a little bit more open to this idea because it's low alcohol. So this one is 5% alcohol by volume. So you could drink this whole bottle and you might get a sugar hangover, but you're not going to get an alcohol hangover like you would from drinking a whole bottle of something else. So you can have it in the morning. I personally love Moscato with really salty bacon. Like, it is very indulgent. It's, you know, this sweet, sparkly, like, peachy-flavored wine with, like, salty, earthy, umami bacon. It's just the best combination. But I also think that her idea of doing this for dessert is super fun. So, white peaches and chilled Moscato. And then just to wrap it up, as a tribute to our readers and drinkers circle, which is our official membership of Book and Bottle Pairings, I just fell in love with this book called Latitudes of Longing. It's a novel of short stories that are all kind of intertwined. They all take place over South Asia. She is just the most beautiful storyteller. It's definitely, Oprah called it, a marvel of magical realism. Well, Um,
1: say no more. it's,
0: It's definitely a little out there, but it's so beautiful. And this was one of those books where I was just like in it and I didn't want it to end. And every time one of the stories would end and you got introduced to new characters, I was, like, heartbroken until I fell in love with the new round of characters. And then you realize that, like, there is, like, this eternal line connecting all of these stories across time and across all these different countries of South Asia. So just a really beautiful book. Latitudes Um,
1: of Longing. Yes.
0: And to pair with that, I have this new favorite bottle to pair with it. Um, It's called Ochota Barrels texture like the sun. And it's a red wine from Australia, which Australia wine is one of my personal favorites. This is a really, really light bodied red blend. I would serve it chilled, which is perfect again for Florida any time of the year. Chilled red, definitely a thing. Everybody should get behind that. But what's so amazing about this is that it's a a field blend, which means that so most vineyards that we're familiar with today are planted to a single varietal, right? So you'd have a a field of or a vineyard of Cabernet Sauvignon, for example. A field blend is a more ancient, um, rustic way of growing wine where it's just there's all different kinds of grapevines growing in a vineyard. So they'll pick it all at once and then ferment all that juice together. So this one has Grenache, Gewürztraminer, Gamay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Syrah. Super random, weird blend, but all of those different grapevines are growing in the same area and they make it all together. So it's some blend of that. Um, And it really gives, I think, a sense of place and time to the wine because every year the vines are going to behave differently. So if you have a a field of cab, they're all the same. So they're all going to respond to the climate the same way. So if it's a hot year, you're going to get a hotter wine. If it's a cooler year, you're going to get a more acidic wine. Whereas with a field blend, you know the Gewürztraminer ripens at a different time than the Pinot Noir, and so one of the, like the balance is going to constantly be changing year after year, depending on the weather, depending on everything. So this wine is called texture like the sun because the field blend change like really heightens the texture of the wine. But to me, it's like very similar to latitudes of longing, where you know there is there is this eternal string that holds it all together but each story is different and there's different characters and there's different people, but the same person might pop up mm. randomly in one story or another. So that's kind of like the sense that I think makes these two a really, really cool pair. Oh,
1: how fun. There's like a through line. Mm-hmm. Um, a book of short stories is perfect for summer because yeah. you can just stop and start according to whatever you're doing, how you're feeling. Field blend makes me think of wildflower honey. It's just a mix of all different flowers. I want it so natural, you know. Yes, it does. I just want to talk to you all day. But as we start to, you know, land the plane here, talk to the people who don't have time to read, who haven't read a book since high school, who don't think they are a reader. What would you say to encourage them, or do you have any advice for? fitting in more reading.
0: Oh, for sure. I'm that person <laughs> too. I, I own a business. I have a long list of things I should read. I'm supposed to read. And so trying to fit in other things is real, is really challenging. you know, we're all very busy with all of these different things competing for our attention. One of the best ways that I found actually is a company called Libro FM. They are the competitor to Audible, which is an Amazon product. So as we try and move Away from Amazon and support independent businesses like Book and Bottle, like Libro FM. If you sign up with Libro FM, it's the same price as Audible. 99% of the books are the same. I think it's a little easier to use even than Audible, but it's a membership. And if you sign up, you can pick Book and Bottle or you can pick your favorite local independent bookstore. And we actually get some of the proceeds for it. So I was never an audiobook person until maybe four or five years ago when I discovered Libro FM. It's amazing. When I'm gardening, I can turn it on. If I'm cooking, I turn it on. I drive a lot. I like to travel. It's great in the car. So I get way more books finished by listening than by having to be still and sitting on my couch with the book in front of me. And it still counts as reading. You can still, you know check it off in in your Goodreads or whatever. Yes. Um, Audiobooks count. Yes. And there's some amazing ones where the authors, more and more authors are actually recording their voices doing the book. So I think one of the house favorites is Matthew McConaughey reading Green Lights. Oh. Because he's so dreamy. He's got a very dreamy voice and he narrates his own book. Don't
1: mind if I do. Yeah. There have been some good ones. Some books are even better in the audio version. I'm thinking of The Help where they had a
0: different... Actor read each part. And... I do like when they do that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I one of my first audiobooks was a book called If You Wanna Make God Laugh. Um, and it takes place in South Africa and it follows like four women who again all overlap and each of them had a different voice. And it really just made I'm sure the book was good in print too, but it just really made the experience awesome. I
1: love yeah. this conversation. Okay, last question, what's on your nightstand?
0: Um, What is my nightstand stack, you mean? So right now I just got a new dog. So I'm reading a book about dog training. Aw, wait, pause. What's the (laughs) dog's name? Her name is Kai. She's very, very cute. And I just want to do, you know, I want to do things the right way. So reading a book about dog training written by monks in New York. Ooh. Um, so it's like a very Zen approach. I wonder to if that would work on my pain. kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you in on Yeah. Give me the, give this. me the notes. <laughs> give me the Cliffs notes. I'm reading on Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong for our readers and drinkers club meetup on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm quickly reading Chop, chop. Wait, I, tomorrow, we're recording this on Monday. Yes. So I'm supposed to have this book finished by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> let me see myself out. <laughs> but it's been, it's been on my nightstand forever. So I'm really enjoying it. That's really beautiful. I'm reading Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall. I bought it on vacation. Whenever I'm traveling, I always find the independent bookstore and buy at least one book there. So I bought Wolf Hall when I was in England because it takes place in England. It's historical fiction about Henry VIII. So that's really fun. And then on audio, I'm currently finishing like a 20-something hour long audiobook by Sam and Rushdie. <laughs> Oh,
1: so what would that be in pages? That would be probably oh, almost it's a thousand All pages. All stuff is
0: huge, and I knew that getting into it, but that one's like a year and. In- in the listening that's a slog <laughs> it's very it's very good but it's a lot of hours <laughs> you can age the wine as you are exactly. progressing in the okay, book okay that's a great pairing idea. <laughs> a very old wine because you're going to be very old when you finish oh book. my
1: <laughs> gosh Tara well we better uh, end this conversation yeah, so I we can some get some today. more reading done well thank you so much for having me here at Book and Bottle this is beautiful at the beginning you said it feels like your living room I wish this was my living room well you
0: can come here anytime we love having people come work from the shop We've got Wi-Fi, we've got plugs, and we've got coffee to help you get all your work done until you can transition to relaxing with wine and a book in the afternoon.
1: Sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tara Dunham is the owner of Book & Bottle in St. Petersburg. You can find all of her book and wine pairing recommendations on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Dalia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. We also get help from Chandler Balcom and Hannah Abdelmajid. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2022.